Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we have Tell Dell Tuesday, and with me we have uh, one of our really exciting members by the name of Vibo Shaw out of Phoenix, Arizona. Vibo, I've known him for a while now, came out of California. And he has been an IT guy most of his life, and he was very good at it. Big time uh, corporate guy, did very, very well, and uh, we're really happy to have him on the show today. Uh, Vibo, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Dell. Uh, good to be here. A little more background, Vibo owns and or controls about 3,500 units currently, unless that's changed since these uh, details were put to paper here. And uh, Vibo, what I want to talk to you about today... And I'd like to get something different and serious out of each person. Uh, your story, although 3,500 units and multiple apartment complexes, how many different apartment complexes does that constitute? Uh, well, yeah, so half of them are a lead, half of them are passive, in total uh, around 20 apartments. 20 apartment complexes, and you're a lead in half of them, 10 of them? Uh, yes, 11 of them. 11 of them. All right, don't want to slight you one possible deal. <laughs> what I want to talk about, Vibo, is that you know you've you've been up on stage with me already. You've done incredible stuff. You've been on the road trip, so our members know you real well. New people here don't. I like to check off all the boxes with people sitting out there in the audience listening to us. And you know, Vibo, there's a group of people out there, and I'm not saying this would be you, but I'm saying that there are people that have similar backgrounds, similar nationalities, similar similar type perspectives of what was expected of them in life and what they expect to accomplish in life, that have very high expectations, that believe that you've got to go do it in corporate America, you've got to, your parents would beat the snot out of you if you don't become an attorney, or if you don't become a doctor, if you don't become a, you know an engineer of some kind. Uh, you come from that background, I believe, and if I'm wrong, just, you know, shoot me down. But you appear to come from that. You're very, very smart, very intelligent. And yet I got you to come to Lifestyles Unlimited where just a guy like me, just a normal dude, gave you a little bit of insight and you turned that into a major business. The first question is, how did we capture a guy like yourself? Give, give us an explanation of your background so people can align themselves with that personality and, and background. And number two, how does that background find its way into something that most people from that background would say has got to be a Ponzi scheme? It's, you know, got to be, you know, something. Dave Del Dotto, Robert Allen, Jeff Acone, Tommy Boo, the Milans, Ron LeGrand, Carlin Sheets, Midnight Madness, something for nothing program. Uh, you know, in other words, it just doesn't fit the I'm going to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer box. And you came in here and we'll get to later in the show how great and, and successful you were. But first of all, how did we even get you here? Can you share that with us, honestly? Uh, yes. Uh, one thing, I was looking for something 
and I was looking for a map to retire myself from corporate America. And in a simple terms, you had the map. You showed the map. This is how you can do it. I can teach you. And that, that was just enough for me to get sold. So let's back you up there and tell us your background, because I want to work through the background into the story of where you were no longer satisfied with what you had tra- trained your whole life to be and do. Sure. So um, as, as you mentioned, I'm from India. I did my engineering MBA from here after I came here. 2006, I came in, and I was working on IT uh, job from 14 years. Uh, last six years of the career, I had my own uh, staffing and consulting business uh, where I build and manage large teams. But uh, at a certain point, I also started, uh, which I have not mentioned in the bio, but uh, that was a big part of my drive where I am right now, was uh, I got into stock trading, and I started from 2007 and gained some and lost more and in a in, in number of years. And then I was just trying to uh, shine that energy somewhere else because as an engineer and as, as you just described, with a certain nationalities, we just want to keep keep moving. And we had the drive. So just wanted to shine that energy, went to single family rentals, did well, and was not able to, I mean, it was just um, uh, showing that it would be hard for me to replace the income if I just want to do it with single family. So that's where I started looking uh, that there is a better way, there should be a better way out there. And that's where I came across Lifestyles Unlimited. So... Was I far from the the truth saying that when you were growing up, there's a lot of pressure on kids to be successful, to become doctors, lawyers, engineers, that type of thing? No, no. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it was true. It's changing now for better, right? Um, but it's, it's still true in, you know, 70 to 80 percent of the families where you you have to uh, if you are, if you want a definition of successful is, you have to become an engineer, lawyer, or doctor. So you did that, and then you became successful. So I'm trying to, I'm building a picture here because I want to talk to that audience out there, and I think mm-hmm. it has a couple other nationalities that we could think of and we could tie in that have that similar background. But you get to that point, okay? You you did what you were supposed to do. You you are an engineer, and then you went out and you were successful as an engineer. Did that level or did some level of success at doing what you set your life out to do give you the freedom to decide to go outside of that box? Was there a point where you go, hey, I've done it with this. Now I deserve to go look for the easy way? Um, in certain th- in, in certain way, yes. Uh, I think the, the primary factor of me looking outside of something that I was kind of getting complacent about in a field where I was in, and uh, it wasn't giving me that fun and enjoyment while working and while doing something. So that was my primary reason 
to just, uh, it, it was becoming very easy, very steady, uh, which was making me at a young age, I was like, okay, this is not I should be doing. I should be doing something more. And uh, that's where I, I, I explored the passion, what I am good at or what I want to do. So I think that was a major driver. If we're going to talk, if we're going to talk about fun, then I'm going to talk about the smile on your face and the giddiness in your stomach when you, we were on a road trip and you were telling the story about negotiating the deal. You love yes. the deal, don't you? Yes. <laughs> Try to share with people I, I, how much fun that is to get out there. And instead of going there and saying, okay, I'm an engineer, we made a box, and today we made the box a little better, you went out there and just destroyed it. You hit it out of the park. Explain how that felt and what that does for you as a human being. I think um, you, you hit the nail, uh, but I think that's, that's, what, that's, that's what gives me the thrive and Adeline in doing this deal uh, to buy it right, negotiating it right, putting all the numbers. That's the engineer uh, in me talking, but I love my numbers. But uh, working, uh, finding out this deal, uh, so out of 11 deals, uh, seven of the deals are pure off market. And uh, working on that uh, financial, just extracting the data out there, engine going back negotiating with the brokers and the owners um that that's uh that just gives me the thrill all right great well we're going to take a short break when we come back more with vibo shaw i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Retiring America, one person at a time. This is the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Now, more unconventional wisdom from your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Vibo Shaw out of Phoenix, Arizona. Vibo's got uh, roughly about 3,500 units, but uh, 11 apartment complexes of those 20-some apartment complexes. He's actually the operating partner, put the deal together, negotiated the deal, which, as he was saying uh, in the last segment, that's really where he gets his, his joy, is really getting out there and negotiating deals and putting deals together. We're going to come back, Vibo, to your operational skill set in a minute and how much fun that brings to you if any and then we're going to go back over here to when you came in for the two day uh got a lot of background knowledge your engineer knowledge business knowledge because you you know you ran that uh owned your own management company it consulting company for a while so you got some business background also so you've got a you've got a quite a uh, diverse background in business you come to the two day and you make a decision to change over to this type of stuff, or at least get started trying it, whatever. You didn't immediately just quit your other stuff. But in that, what light bulb went on in those two days that said, wow, that was the piece I need? I mean, I'm smart. I get it. 
But that that piece, that was the missing one. I know myself when I go to seminars or like right now I'm relearning to play guitar again. And you hear, you know, you'll watch a little piece of something teach you're being taught. And you go, boom, that that was what I didn't understand. And that tied it all together. What were those light bulb moments for you? So uh, when I when I joined, when I went to two day, I think um, you you talked about. I took online with you, and you talk about on the first day a, a, a paradox mind shift, right? I think that just uh, kept with me till now, and and I think it's it, it's changed everything the way I started thinking. First of all, uh, and then uh, second day. Uh, it was eye-opening, like like most of the uh, our members have, with apartment investing. But I think the aha moment was one that a normal guy like me can be an owner and can invest in all these apartment deals. And the best one was the return on my equity. How much return I'm getting on my equity uh, in total and how much is from a passive investment? And I think uh, you talked about and, and many others talked about, and it was like 0.000000001. And I'm like, um, this is this is just eye-opening that our money is not working for us in, in, in the right way. So I think pretty, that was that took home to me. Pretty mind-blowing statistic, is it not? Yes, it is. Yeah, that one that one's hard. I mean, uh, we look at the people that are worth billions and or millions and hundreds of millions. And I've I've gone through and looked at these things uh, at our levels to where you know we take our guys worth you know fifty million guy worth a hundred million guy worth five hundred million, and the the guys that are the most successful they're running that number up against. 8% return. You say, that's nothing. I make a 75% or 100% return. Dude, you took $100,000 out of your net worth and put it in a stock. It went up one time. <laughs> it went up 75%. Yes. And so you're telling yourself in your brain, I got a 75% return. You go, dude, if you throw that with the house that doesn't earn you anything, the 401k that hasn't earned you anything, and all the other investments you lost, you got point zero 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 one this year. You know, it just blows people's mind that they're not really making any money on the totality of their net worth. So that is a good one. Thank you for bringing that one up. Uh, what else came about as far as did you did you come out as a passive or come out as as a uh, IRO or a lead first? No, I had a I, I I came out with a plan and I think it worked well. I wanted to be in learning mode first and wanted to be a quick learner. Just wanted to just learn, learn, learn what I can, and I think the plan was to be a passive investor first. So uh, as soon as I came out, uh, found some great leads with the lifestyles and uh, invested in four deals as a passive investor um, and learned the ropes of how they are putting the deal together, how they're doing it, um, what not to do and what to do. And I think that uh, transitioned me to be a lead. So you had it in your mind that you were going to be a lead from the beginning. You just wanted to get, uh, what's the word I was using the other day? Uh, it's the way I like to, to learn things, too. I just like to totally immerse myself in what's going on and just let it soak in from all different sides. Is that really what you were doing? Yes, exactly. As, as I said, right, I was just trying to find 
something which I can uh, create a business. Um, I, I did multiple businesses before while I was working in IT and uh, just wanted to be a, a business owner. Um, and so just transitioning that from my IT business. So I think that was the plan uh, to make it in business, but just wanted to soak in everything before I go out and do myself. So the IT business is a service business. And mm-hmm. so you've got some parallels there to the real estate business as a renter, as a you know landlord. You got is a service business, but there's a there's a there's a different component, you know. Unless you're building your IT business to sell it and bring it public type of deal, the concept of a hey, if I can go over there and I can buy this asset and improve its, you know, operations. Which, you know, when we went on the road trip, you showed you just massively changed the value of this property like almost overnight. If I can make those little moves, I can make massive rate of return just on the other end on value add to this thing. Um, did that come through to you right away or does that something that came along afterwards? Uh, no, it came, it, it came along uh, during two days, but... Uh, uh, it proved the point what I did in the single family home, right? So I used to be a single family owner, rental owners. And um, from there, I did the similar thing, but not at the scale. And then when I heard it in the two day, uh, the theoretical concepts were proved. Um, and then I saw my passive investments uh, doing the same thing. So it was just uh, proving the point, uh, one point every time. Okay. So we're going to go to another break here in a second. I've, I don't want to go into the, the next deep conversation, so I'm going to hit you with a light one. As you're sitting there watching these first passive deals you got into and you're watching the operators operate and whatever, um, I'm sure you're sitting there going, hmm, I, I'm pretty sure I can do that. That's not too difficult. How long did it take before you were burning and you only got 30 seconds to answer this, so it's got to be a real short answer. How long were you burning to get at it and do it yourself? Six months. Okay. Within six months, you totally realized this was nothing for a stepper like you, and that's a an old South saying, but, yeah, you were ready to go and ready to take it on. So, people, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, let's talk to Vibo about his businesses and how well he's done. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show with me here today out of Phoenix, Arizona's Vibo Shaw. Vibo started in uh, California. He's an engineer by trade, uh, corporate American, uh, did well there, also had some his own businesses that he had started and worked with, and now he's got 11 apartment complexes that he is the lead investor in. And he's also invested in passive other deals. He's got a total of 20 deals, 3,500 total units he's involved in. And we want to go now to his explanation of his learning curve of coming into being an operator. So, Vivo, you, you locked up, you, you got passive, you, you got out there and you decided, what was your first deal you did and what did you learn from that? Uh, yeah, so I was in California and um, was doing single family in Sacramento market. 
which was uh, like one and a half hours drive from where I used to live in Bay Area. And um, I thought uh, that is a great market. I was seeing it uh, in my single family portfolio. And um, I went in, uh, um, purchased a property with uh, many investors uh, with me. And uh, we went and bought an apartment which was supposed to be a hybrid deal. Uh, when I say hybrid, it was uh, cash flowing from day one, and then it would also pay us at the end. Uh, it just turned out that it was uh, a nightmare of the property, which I didn't want it on my first property. And uh, it had so many things uh, to be done right, which was not done right, um, owned by a self-managed owner who was a lawyer. Um, and it was just, it was just bad in all aspects. So, um, learned a ton of things, which I thought would have been an easy deal. But I think the first lesson that I got from my first apartment complex was, uh, um, all, all very valuable lessons and worked on, I didn't know about, you know, the sidings or the roof materials or the concrete or uh, how much does it take or how much windows take or stairs, all of that things um, I learned on my first apartment. Um, well, I learned it on theoretical, but now I knew everything practical while it was happening. So that was a very good uh, first stepping stone in, in my career, I think. You know, I have to have to throw this jab at you, and you can duck it if you like, but uh, I would think that that would have been the stuff that would be the most fun to you. I mean, engineers, don't they, you know, if it if it doesn't need fixing, it needs it needs upgrades? I mean, isn't that what the engineer lives for, is to, you know, reinvent the wheel? Uh, we, we, you know, uh, that's what uh, we are trained to do, right? Uh, but uh, I stick with uh, the map that was given and uh, I stick with the best product, uh, best pricing, um, that uh, mantra that we have with uh, Lifestyle. So I wanted to make it uh, a very livable place, uh, a better livable place for the residents out there uh, who were just staying there with cockroaches and tests and, uh, you know, the bathroom, nasty bathrooms and stuff like that. So I just uh, provided them better, uh, better uh, place to live. So, um, all joking aside, I got to ask this question seriously. You know, you can't buy real estate effectively in California, right? <laughs> yeah, you did, yes. and you made money. Uh, I think you were the first guy that actually, from our group, actually bought a multifamily property there. Am I right, or close to? Were you first, second, or what? Because uh, it yes. just wasn't our model to go to California like that. Yes, I was the first one in California. And I know that I think everyone with a lifestyle was skeptical, uh, except uh, myself and my mentor. So I think uh, I, I thought as long as my mentor thinks that lifestyle mentor, uh, it, I can do it. I, I should be able to do it, and I know the market, so I, I know it was uh, a time when no one no one did deals from our group in uh, California, 
Um, and um, in fact, I came out from California market uh, just after 12 months or 13 months. Uh, but we got a lot of uh, money and uh, we, we made five years perform our work in less than one year. And there were rent caps uh, talks, discussions starting. So that's where we decided uh, to come out of California. Oh, so that's what it was. Okay, I was going to ask you because that was my follow-on question was, all right, you, you, you figured out how that map worked there, but you didn't go back. So you're saying they were starting to get even more aggressive in the uh, uh, rent controls, huh? Correct, yes. Yeah, okay. So uh, you had, had had some Phoenix touches. Obviously, I think you got into some deals there, didn't you? Didn't you uh, passive into some Phoenix deals? No. I was the first one uh, oh. to do a, a syndication for uh, lifestyle in Phoenix. So, how did you know uh, that you could? How did you know that Phoenix was going to be so good? Because you went out there, and then everybody followed you. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I, as I tell everyone uh, that I, I like to choose the market again, engineering me, right? Um, I'm a very data-driven guy, and so I looked at the data. Uh, Sacramento was. Uh, going to work. Uh, it was uh, for four years sort of in a row. It was the number one uh, rent growth market in the country. and But it was just getting too small with rent controls and all. So I was looking for a new market, which uh, uh, gives me a trend where I need to be in five years, 10 years down the line. So um, I was looking at a lot of markets, Boise, Idaho, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, Utah, uh, Arizona, uh, landlord-friendly markets, but with a growth potential in coming years, right, who, who are lacking in growth compared to, let's say, Texas. What was Texas uh, today? Um, you know, um, it was a market which takes around five years, seven years to get towards the Texas growth. That's what I was looking at. I was not looking at already hot market. So that's where I found the trends are going and migration is growing. Job data story is getting good. Uh, that's where I decided, I think. And, and again, it was like one and a half hour flight from where I used to be. So I think that all played a part. And then uh, I said, I think Phoenix and Arizona would be a good market for me. When you went over there and you looked at properties, how did you find that particular property uh did you have agents on the ground were there lifestyles uh mentors on the ground who helped you locate those properties no i networked uh, uh so any market i go I, I i just because i'm uh i was not local at that time i i used to go to all the markets uh you know uh six months before i pull a trigger so i used to travel uh, from Bay Area um, every month uh, for previous six months. Um, and then I networked with lots of brokers. Uh, and one of the brokers uh, um, gave me this off-market deal. And it also came from my property management company that I was using back in California. So they were already in Arizona. So that also helped uh, in getting in securing this deal. So I think management and the relations that I made with the broker gave me this first deal. Okay. As we, we look at these, I'm assuming that the second deal was the Corona del Sol. Am I right on that? Yes. 
Okay, so that's a 64 unit. The small first one in Sacramento was a 28 unit. And your return to investors in one year for the first one was 125%. That well outpaces <laughs> the, the 1% or 0.000% we were talking about. The Corona yes. del Sal, you, you, you return 200%. Uh, that one doesn't have a period of time. How long a time was that to get the 200% back to them? No, we still own it. That was oh. the refinance, uh, 200%. Oh, okay. So you pulled it out, pulled out a 200% refi. That's a great deal. Yeah. Still got the property, still making them money. So, yeah, uh, and uh, distributing 20% uh, cash flow still. Excellent. Now, the Casa del Sol, the next one, 275% net to investors. That's really high. Uh, you know, you're just knocking it out of the park here, and we've got to go to a break here in a second. Yeah, we're going to go to break here in just a second. So uh, we'll leave it there, and we'll pick it back up on the other side because I want to hear your theory as to how you decided to start picking these different projects and how you decided to uh, move your portfolio forward. So we'll think about that. We'll be right back with... Five O Sean, the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Got a question? Call 855 497 4 Dell. That's 855 497 4335. Or email Dell at askdell at luinc.com. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Vibo Shaw out of Phoenix, Arizona. And Vibo, we want to get back here and talk about your business model, your business plan per se. Uh, you got a, you're into eleven different projects that you're the lead investor in. Um, try to share with the audience a little bit now because you're speaking to a higher level of understanding than just the guy sitting out there thinking, maybe should I buy something or not, or should I try this or whatever. Now you're talking to the intellectual guys out there saying, hey, so what's the plan? Is 11 enough? Is 15 the secret number? Is there a dollar amount you want to get to per month or per year that you want to earn? Is there a net worth number you're looking to get to? Uh, are you just a wackazoid that want to work your butt off the rest of your life? Or what, what, Give me the plan. Yeah, so um, I think first I, I, I still have passion. I still have um, amazing energy to do this. I like it. But the primary driver would be in near future would be my investors. Uh, I I don't have to go and get it. Um, I'm blessed. I am retired from corporate America. I get the cash flow uh, that I need, but I think my drive is just uh, um, helping my investors get to that next level. And I'm 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 uh, great to see the results where many of my investors who started with me at Ramada Village, Sacramento first property, many of them uh, become leads now. Uh, so many have retired. Uh, so I like to see that change, and I think. Um, uh, till uh, they they find the they can't find the alternative or they want to invest with me, I'll keep doing that in the near future. Um, so we are not in hurry, but we just want to do um, what what drives me, right? And I do not have a goal. 
I do not have a number where I would stop. I, I can I can stop any time, and I think it's not the time right now. Um, so I, I I I enjoy it, and maybe by next cycle, real estate cycle, um, I can take a break or I I can be out. But there is no set date right now or no set uh, number. So how do you plan your growth at this point? Uh, well, um, I plan uh, the growth uh, multiple ways uh, and, and multiple buckets, right? My right now, in 2020, during COVID, didn't buy anything. Um, I was purely working uh, a growth as in my lifestyle and in my family. That's where we started deciding to move out of California, and we did it. Um, in 21, we moved here to Arizona. It was a big change. So those are the still a growth drivers for me, not just the money or cash flow, right? As, as we say, it's a lifestyle. Um, right now, I'm just working on my health and fitness. So that's the growth for me. Um, and then on a multifamily and real estate side, uh, I think I will keep doing syndication, um, but I think I'm just changing it from last uh, many properties now, going from C-class properties to um, B and B-plus properties. Uh, so I would, I would keep uh, doing that. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question here that I don't know. I probably should even ask, but just say it's just part of my fun in life yeah. is to be able to ask things. Uh, I got whacked by a guy the other day, an email um, after listening to my radio show. And he was a California dude. And he said, uh, I can't believe that you would tell people they should move out of California. Uh, how could you do that? Why do you even have radio shows here? Uh, you know, you can't. Why are you even spending time and money on a state where no one wants you? And no one cares about you. And no one even, you know, if you hate California, I, well, hold on, hold on. I don't hate California. I don't hate the people of California. I actually love California as far as how beautiful it is. But it, it just the political landscape and the financial a- aspect of the taxation and the way they treat landlords and stuff and business people. Just it's it's not a comfortable place for many, many entrepreneurs to live. So how do you see that? Because you said you moved out of there to Phoenix. What were your reasons for moving out? Because it's a beautiful place to be. Why would anybody want to leave? I, I totally, completely agree. It was a very hard move. It was clear cut for me, but not for my family. Because my family, and, and I love California. Uh, we have a great community there. Uh, so it was tough to move. But I had my reasons, uh, and, and so does the family. First of all, as you said, political. We, I'm, I'm not a political person, or I don't get involved myself with politics. But I, I saw things that were changing. First of all, in real life, in a normal person situation. And uh, once I moved to Arizona, uh, there were three of my friends who also made a switch because they realized what I was telling them over the years, the more years, how much we pay in taxes, how much we keep, how much we make. So, you know, that's a bigger factor, big bite that goes out. And then they keep taxing more and more and not providing the services or education. See, uh, people wouldn't know. I think that is the biggest realization that we are having right now. We thought our kids were going in a great schools, 
in California. But we wouldn't have known this if we would have not moved, made a move. Now we are in Arizona, and the place where we live, it's just a, a total different experience how better the education can be. So that's, that's kind of like an eye-opening for even us after moving that our kids are getting much better education than we thought they were getting in California. Second, the crime rate is, was just so much exploding um, in most of the parts of California that it was kind of like, uh, why we are paying all these taxes here? Uh, why we are doing it's just for the weather and stuff like that. We got to go. I appreciate it. We, we, we've got to take a break. Thank you very much for doing a great job for Lifestyles members and for yourself. And thanks for coming on the show. The rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.